They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash I mean these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past You said we never ever make it, and I'm saying you lied Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe Your invoice has been processed, bring me my money, don't hide Don't play with me, I'm paying the man on top side Hey y'all, welcome back to Million Dollar Conversations Podcast where there is absolutely positively nothing off the table, but there's plenty of something to grab as you continue your own million dollar conversation with your homegirl, your family, your granny them. We just want to go ahead and accelerate those conversations that you're having around you. I am none other than your producer P, Master P, all right? Problematic Patty, Heavy Ragu. Do you hear me? It's your boy, other half of the host or other half of the podcast. A.K.A. T. Witty, A.K.A. Mr. Red Velvet. Wait, what? <laughs> what is Mr. Red Velvet? <laughs> Who calls you that? Oh, that's what I call myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. Big O, A.K.A. Big T, A.K.A. You know, T with the T. I mean, you know, I come with the smoothness. All right, so y'all, if case you are new to this podcast, in case you are new to this little corner of the podcast arena, all right, we are a married couple um, who has a business together called Hustle Blend, so that is just our shameless plug. That right now, if you are drinking some coffee and it tastes like a dud, you need to go to Hustle Blends, hustleblends.com, H-U-S-T-L-E-B-L-E-N-D-Z.com, all right? But this podcast, nothing's off limits. We talk about finances, marriage we talk about business we talk about faith we talk about being a millennial in church we talk about all of those different things and we help you with these conversations and we give you million dollars worth of conversation every single time every single time we do not short you by but a penny yes. not at all but not a bit but you do have to pay your taxes you have to you know you gotta you gotta do something and some of the taxes that you're gonna have to pay is leave that review so we need some reviews on apple Podcasts. so make sure that if you really tune in and you love what you hear if you mess with us if you mess with us the long way what does that mean it just means like you thorough with it. You know what I'm saying? What? When you're a thoroughbred. All right, let's keep moving. Please, <laughs> please, please. I mean, if nobody else can trigger me on this planet, it would be you. But hey, y'all. So we start off the podcast with a little appetizer. Not kind of this. It's kind of like when you go to the restaurant and you know you order you a little a blooming onion with a little ranch dip on the side. <laughs> what is that? A blooming. You never had a blooming onion? No. It's an onion that's like peeled from the center core and it's like. Little, it's like a bloom. No, and it's deep fried. It looks kind of weird, but it's really good. Never it's like that. a fried onion. If you like onion rings, you'll like a bloomed onion. I've never had that. But Why? Whatever. I've never had it. Why? I didn't go to these places. <laughs> where, where do they have bloom? I don't know. Onions? I feel like if I was dating you right now, you told me you've never had that. I would just end the date. Well, too bad for you. You missed out on a great thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kidding. JK, JK. But anyway, Lisham Shum 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 is when we ask a little question about Lisham Shum 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 that maybe our listeners and maybe even people we know don't know about. So the question today is, Tweety, what is the brokest thing you have ever done in your life? Mm, your mm, life. Mm, mm. Actually. Only one. Okay. It's a, it's a long story, but I'm going to cut it real short. Okay. I went to give plasma in college. At that time, you had to gain weight. You had to get to, you had to, get to 200 pounds in order to um, be given $50. Mm-hmm. 
And at the time, I was getting that $25. So I ended up, you know, falling a little bit short of my 200 pounds that day. That day? <laughs> yeah, every day I came in just <laughs> <laughs> hoping I could get over the threshold of 195. Oh, wow. Uh, but you had to have money to eat enough. Yeah. Oh, you were starving? <laughs> no, I wasn't starving. I just chose violence. So is it true that when men are starving, they go immediately try to find a woman? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so was it easier for you to get plasma than get a woman? Uh, no, not necessarily. Really? Yeah, I feel like so plasma you, was harder. I had to give my social. Like I had to do, <laughs> I had to do a lot of work. So you didn't have like somebody that like fed you? Oh uh, yeah, but, uh, no. Tell the truth. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, heavy not, ragu. No, no, Mister Red, Mr. Red Velvet. <laughs> okay, it was about the story. Let's go back there. You can get me off track. Anyways, it was always one girl on campus that was always gonna make <laughs> yeah. rotel dip, and she'd be like, "Tweetie, you could come by. I'm cooking tonight." And she wouldn't cook, and she really was making rotel dip. I wasn't around that person, but I would if I knew at the time. You know, like I needed. Oh, I needed you were food. probably having stir fry, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably having some egg rolls, some 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 crab ragoons. Huh? You was eating good, wasn't you? You were eating good. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. One time, if my brothers listen, like we had somebody cooking some ugali, some <laughs> some African food. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh they wow! Went all the way to the so so so. Tell me this. I don't <laughs> want to take us too off track, but what does it take? What words do you need to utter from your mouth to get a woman to go spend her hard earned money on her groceries and leave her house to come back to her house to cook for you? Uh, for us, it was. Um, I say us because it was it was us. Oh, me, it's me multiple. And, me and his, me and my brother. Oh, uh, it was bummetry. Whatever. Uh, we we would just say we're from Kenya, and then they would go do the research and be like, "Oh man, I can't wait to cook you this Kenyan food." And oh wow, that's all it took. Yeah. So no, no, no. There's more to that conversation. I want to know. <laughs> I'm completely invested. I'm not invested in. This. Anyways, <laughs> let's on. go back to the brokest moment. <laughs> we, care about, we care about what you did to get fed. Uh, well. You know, um, just be nice. You know, we were. So, what nice. did you say? We we want a sample. You know, just getting to know the person or the people. But you were hungry, so how much effort went into it? They picked us up. I <laughs> said, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll take that back. No, it. I was picked up by my my my. I I don't want to incriminate him. That's not. I'm breaking bro code already. All right. Anyways, um, broke his moment. I had that plasma, 25 bucks, and I decided to go to a buffet and spent like 10, 15 bucks. Also helped out my friend. He was hungry. Uh, <laughs> all he was doing is smoking all day. I was just about like that was what he was doing to fill himself up. <laughs> Smokers have money. No, Patrice. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yes, he did. No. How was he smoking? I'm not I'm not going to incriminate the person, but they were like stealing from other people's ashtrays. <laughs> <laughs> like they the neighbors yeah, yeah, like <laughs> from the neighbors' ashtrays. And I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna take you out to eat because this is not <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, yes. What? Yeah, so they I, I I've never told you that story, huh? Why do you have? Why did? Why? I've been broke, but I've never been that broke. 
<laughs> to where I'm going to somebody's ashtray and just like I mean looking for the small you know when it gets to the filter like just the filter left and you still like <laughs> I was like you have a problem <laughs> I mean Stole my coins and everything to go down the street. I mean, there's just a whole lot. Anyways. He was scavenging. He, he needed it. <laughs> At that point, I really believe he needed it. So did y'all go to one of those real hood uh, Chinese buffets? No, we caught the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, this is college. This yeah. is a college okay. town. It's not completely frowned upon. So we catch the bus. I, I, I knew it was going to be a long story. I was not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Catch the bus and we, you know, bus is gone. We standing on the bus and you know. Why do you keep saying bus? Like we understood that you were already on. the I'm bus. giving you a story. You I'm a storyteller. Like I was on the bus. I was, I, you know, I paid my bus fare for the bus. Can I finish my story? I feel like you're you're really trying to just remind us that you were on the bus. Actually, it was a very nice, luxurious bus <laughs> <laughs> made for college students. Anyways, uh, we get to the. You know, plasma, I do my little 35 minutes. You know, sometimes I was a pro. So by that time, I'm just a little pump here and there. Get your blood out. Mm-hmm. Get your little card. They fill it up. You get $25. Actually, I think I had a rollover dollar or two. So maybe Wait, was, how does that work? If you didn't use it. So it's like. Oh, from the card. From the card. Look at you. You were a smart uh, spender. No, I wasn't. Uh, anyways. Um. We spent it there, and that night, I, I guess we decided to go out, and I thought I had money in there, and I went to the ATM, and it said, please throw away the card. <laughs> card error. Card error. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so maybe, I don't know if this is the most broke or the most trifling thing I have ever done in my life, but I rented books from one college semester, because I was tired of buying books. Um, and so, like, you know, if you know anything about buying books in college, like, if you buy books, you could spend anywhere up to $1,000, probably somewhere closer to 1000 than not. And then if you, you know, rent them, you know, you can probably get away with, like, one or $200, you know, do your thing. All right, so one time I went ahead and I, like, rented maybe like $700 worth of books for like 150 bucks and at the end of the semester when you're supposed to turn them in I sold them Tweety, t- oh my gosh you're giving me that like tattletale look like you're about to go tell Chegg on me or something like that I'm pretty sure they're still looking for me but um Tweety is really giving me this look <laughs> <laughs> Tweety's giving me this look of complete dis- <laughs> I was going to see it over the airway. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my they, gosh! They don't think we lost it. Keep going. Keep oh going. my gosh! <laughs> I'm going to send that to you. <laughs> All right, so um, I think that was, that was my trifling moment. Um, that was probably one of the broker things I did. Or there was one time I went to go get a tattoo with my friend, and I did not have the $20 for the tattoo man who did tattoos out of his living room. Um, and so she spotted me on that, and I cooked for her, I believe. That was that was the trade-off. Was that just... No, tweet, please. That is so lowly. Remember me better, please. Uh, so lowly and... I mean, it was college. I, 
think that is like the period, the most acceptable time to actually like do things. Not, not, and I'm not encouraging any. Listen, here's our disclaimer. I'm not encouraging any college students to go out here and just waste your prime, waste your youth. There is nothing wrong with, you know, um, I think there's plenty wrong with what we did, but what we're telling you is like, hey, everything's wrong about it. Everything's wrong about it. There's nothing okay about it. That that is not what we're here for. We would be actually the negative million dollar conversations podcast if we told you that that's okay. But I think that in college, that's like the period of time where stupidity doesn't get a pass. But it's like 10 years later, it's like, ah, look at us. We survived that. Isn't that stupid? Isn't it? Wasn't it funny? Like it becomes immediately funny. No? Yes? No. Yes. No. A little bit of both. Um, I get what you mean. I I get what you mean. I really do. But I I believe wholeheartedly everything I did was completely, like, asinine. All right. So let's lean into that for a second. Was it because you did not know any better? Was it because of the privilege of knowing that you could bounce back from the foolishness you were doing? What was it that in this college prime time, we just felt like we could just do the dumbest things we wanted to do? I knew better. You knew better? I knew better. But most of us did. That's the thing about it. Like, most of us knew better. But I chose violence. Like, if we just are honest that, yo, I didn't have to grow up to know I was doing something wrong. It wasn't just a college phase. I think that's just a cop-out sometimes. It wasn't just like, you know, I grew up 10 years later. Here we are. It was, I knew better. I chose worse. That's it. That's it. I can't even blame on nothing else. It was me just choosing the worst and standing on it. I'm going to stick beside the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you grow up and you learn a little bit better, you're like, dang, like I was just wrong. Like there was no it wasn't because I was young, because there was a lot of people my age that were doing the, the right things just as much as there were th- people who were doing the wrong things. And so we thank God that we came out on the other end of that. Yes, it be. Because it could have been so whoa, 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 so much worse. Amen. So much worse. I don't know if y'all remember, but like if you were, you know, if you were on campus, you always remember there was always like that one or two people that it really was supposed to graduate college like 10 years ago, but they were still on campus, like still finishing up their few, last few credits type of situation. And like, you know, life has just gone by. So much has gone by, but people are so immersed into the culture of college and the freedom or the so to speak freedom. Honestly, I never felt more free until now. Like, you know, and it wasn't about being broke or not being broke, but just purely just having a mindset of like, okay, this is my my adult life, and these are the opportunities and the decisions I have to make. Um, so, thank God for all of us who have survived that period of time, that early twenties, late teens. Oh, it's it's cringy, it's cringy, Tweety. Wouldn't you say so? I would I would second that. It, it really is. Very cheap, Keith. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna slide right into our faith talk, and um, today I just kind of want to touch more on. Um, where does our faith end or, do, or should it end? You know, like I, I feel like I'm, let me rephrase that. Not where does our faith end? Like, why do we why does our fire when it comes to our faith dwindle? Like I had to ask myself this question as circumstances and situations pop up. As we all know, like, you know, COVID is back and it's like, hello. No, 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 no. It did it for a little bit. It did not leave. For a little bit. Not, 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 not we had like a brief one-month period let me, let me where everybody explain. was like, ah. Let me explain the numbers according to what they were saying. It did like go low. But that didn't mean it went away. 
I never said. You said it was it was back, so that means okay. that it I'm was saying it's it's back with with vengeance. It's back with a a mutant yeah. version. Yeah. You know, we know that that's yeah. We we know that you know that that's what's happening. But like you know, how do we strengthen our faith in this season? How do we still um, stand strong on what God says? How do we deal with? Um, just seeing the the turmoil and the the chaos that comes with it, you know. I, so I started to remind myself of all the things that were happening in Egypt with the Israelites. Yeah. You know, when Moses went back, and you know, God said that He will cause you know the pestilent pestilence mm-hmm. to come on the land. He'll cause like you know famine. He'll cause all these things. Right. And I was reminded that God is the one that was causing those things. Because sometimes we like to say, oh, man, the enemy did this. The enemy, but, like, God is doing things his way. And sometimes it's not for us to uh, understand or debate, but it's just to have our doorpost covered right. by his blood. Right. Is to have our, our, our family members covered and, and brought in under his blood. Yeah. And it's more than just, well, you know, do you want to take the vaccine or not me and me and my wife, we were talking, me and Patrice, we were talking, and I was just like, at the very end of the day, can we all just say we don't we know? We don't know. Yeah, nobody has an idea. We're sitting up here. There are literal wars on in social media of all places, of course, about people who are taking the vaccine and not taking the vaccine. And one, it's not anybody's business. But two, I mean, what difference does it make whether we're sitting up here pointing fingers or not? Nobody wants to see anybody they love suffer with COVID. Nobody wants to catch COVID. Um, nobody wants their life slowed down any more than it has been within this past year because of COVID. And But then people don't want to take this unknown vaccine because what comes with it? What are the side effects? Who? How we come up, up with it out of nowhere, but we have all these other viruses that don't have any cures. There are so many valid questions that are following this entire debate, but I don't believe that this debate is going to get anywhere amongst people because can we just all admit we don't know and if we're not praying and if we're not staying like steadfast on what God's word is saying we might be a little scared I think that's where it stems from Patrice I think it stems from fear Um, I think it stems from like well who's next what's going on like well should I be going to work should I be doing this And so I pull my kids out of school. Should I, you know, all of that. Should I go to Target? Right. So I think the most important thing is that stand on what you know about God and what he's done for you. I mean, I remember um, even when we had COVID last year, you know, that's something we never did. This year. This year. It was this year. Oh, it was <laughs> this year. year. Yeah. Oh, word. Dang. Six months pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah. Patrice was uh, six months pregnant at that time. And it was really scary. It was well, she was her symptoms were like, you know, she I think she was asymptomatic a little bit. Um, But I was in the bed for like two weeks. And that thing is no joke. Yeah. I mean, from firsthand experience, it was no joke. And I was like, well, ain't nobody can help me. Yeah. It's the most helpless feeling I've ever had in my life because I'm I'm a young guy. Like I'm not. You know, I don't have any ailments, but like, you know, it it was just unknown. I was like, man, like I'm I'm not feeling good. Like I'm out. This is not the flu. You know, I think I told at the beginning you start, you know, hyping yourself up, like, hey, <laughs> it's just a flu, man. Like I read yeah. it online. Push through. No, turn on your side. Like we got so many instructions. Like if you turn on your side and you sleep, you'll be all right. Yeah. I'm like, yo, it hurts. Everything hurts. My head hurts. My pinky toe hurt. <laughs> like my head, everything there is no hurt. hurt. <laughs> The help you're saying, it sounds really good, but I'm, you know, and then 
you know, just worried about my wife. I'm like, hey, is the baby okay? Are you okay? But knowing that God got us through that in this in that season, I can stand on that again in this season of like, no matter what, God has us in his hands. So if you are going through those, uh, those moments of fear, doubt, just know that God didn't give you spirit of any of those things. You know, he gave you a sound mind. He, he gave you. Do you think fear is taught? I feel like fear is taught um, systematically over time. Mm. I mean, think about when your parents, like, instead of teaching you something, like, they may have taught you. you what not to do. Right. Yeah. With the fear tactic attached to it. Right. Well, you touch this, you're going to burn the house. But that's true, though. What, where in that does fear come into, into place? In, okay. What I mean by that is that at that age, I didn't understand why I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to touch it anyways. But I, I guess fear comes in the place of like knowing you touched it and now you're stuck. Like, man, like, is, is they going to find out that I burned this? I remember when I was young, I used to take like little pieces of paper and like burn them on like the stove or something. Oh, great. You still do that, but that's neither. <laughs> and like, try, I just wanted to see the fire. Like I was interested in just seeing it, not necessarily burning down the house. So like when like traces of the paper got found, like I was just trying to lock, I was trying to hide. I was trying to, you know, duck and dodge. And I feel like in a, in a way, uh, instead of using an example, let me put it this way. Fear has a way of, numbing you i feel like fear always is going to pull up to the party with shame shame is going to be in the passenger seat riding you know with their feet on the dashboard and so i feel like naturally when we're talking about like biologically speaking fear is like what lets us know a threat is uh, is approaching like okay if i feel heat on my back and nobody was behind me two seconds ago the 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 urgency i feel which is also known as fear is going to turn me around right before somebody could hurt me but the fear that we have, I would want to say more of the reckless fear that we have um, that completely opposes faith is more. Is, I'm, that's why I asked. I'm like, is it taught? Is it something we mimic? Is it something that we we just like? Is it purely out of a lack of confidence? Is it purely out of a lack of trust and faith? Like what? Is it what are the ingredients that make this crippling, debilitating fear that we tend to have? I think when I look at my life in different moments where I've had fear, um, even with that COVID situation, um, just for full transparency, it was like, man, what did I do wrong to to get here? And then why in it like, man, am I going to be a statistic? Am I going to be a number? Um, and I, f- I, I know that it comes from a place of darkness. Fear doesn't come from a place of light. I feel like. The, when God talks about the fear of the Lord, it's almost like the reverence of the Lord. But when we talk about fear of things and people and um, what we what, what, what we are ultimately afraid of, even in these situations, is is the uh, the cost of our life. Yeah. 
And am I going to miss out on something right. when we don't control it anyways? How bad is it going to get? What am I, you know, how is it going to affect other people? I, all of those are logical thoughts. Um, my thing is, I think the root of what I'm trying to say is when does fear go from logical to illogical? Like, what what do you think makes that happen? I think it's when you want to su- survival. Mm-hmm. Like, Fear ultimately leads people to do negative things or bad things so that they can survive. Okay, so, so, but it's not always survival. Sometimes it's about comfort. And so, like, I know this is becoming like a super challenging conversation, but these are part of million dollar conversations. But anyway, um, okay, so survival says, like, yo, if I am in a situation where I'm on my last dollar and I am fearful, that I may lose this last dollar and I won't have anything to eat. That is a logical, fear-driven, um, trying-to-survive type of situation. But if I'm in a situation where I want to write a book and I have been having this book in me for 10 years and I have not written it, that has nothing to do with survival. That has everything to do with just being, that's illogical fear. That's I, don't, I don't think at that point what they're dealing with is fear, is belief. It's a belief in themselves. It's not a fear of writing the book. They could write the book. It's a, a lack of belief. Um, what I'm talking about of fear of survival, a fear kind of it goes and direct people into straight survival mode is like you don't need 15 water bottles <laughs> or 15 packs of water bottles that you took from Target when everybody could really have their own and be okay. You didn't need all this toilet paper from last year. You're still using it. So y'all toilet paper users from last year. How are y'all doing? How how is it actually going right now? They may not be listening to this. No, no, I don't think so. Right, but what I'm saying, you see that they're jumping straight to survival mode. How do I take care of me and mine? Fear leads you to that place. So think about like even when it comes to a job and job security. When it comes at the end of the year and people are like, yo, hey, how you doing? Hey, <laughs> what's going on? You, you, did you make it over? Mm-hmm. Did you make it over Jordan or did you uh, get left behind? What's going on? Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Because survival mode is like, man, how are these bills going to get paid? Like that, that's where people jump to. Right. So when a disease comes out, it's like my life, the people I love. The people around me, yeah. survival. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where it takes you because ultimately, what you're worried about is going to be you and the people around you. Right, right. Okay, so we're chopping up the fear or not fear, the belief, the lack of belief of you know doing and completing certain things. Um, that's belief, not fear. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that when people don't accomplish what they've been told to do by God, or that they've said that they're going to do themselves. Well, what creates uh, me, a lack of belief? Is it not fear? No, a lack of belief is coming and stemming from a place of disbelief. Like you just, you can't see yourself. But is disbelief not rooted in fear? Disbelief can be rooted in fear, but fear could be rooted in in, in ignorance as yeah, well. Sweetie is sweating right now with all of these follow up questions. I have, I love it. I'm not sweating. This ain't nothing. <laughs> it really ain't nothing. But like, fear could come out of ignorance. Like, I feel like you're trying to break it down to a molecular level but fear is fear yeah fear is always just gonna be fear mm-hmm. um and if you want to break it down a little bit it's always gonna lead to something dark mm-hmm. when it, th- there's nothing like that's gonna come out of fear really absolutely yeah, yeah. so if you so w- when you try to break it down like you're just gonna get back to the same place dark 
No, but what I'm saying is that if fear is the root of so many dead things, then like how do we then differentiate what we're fearful of I guess I, I don't know anyway anyway this may be like an off a off mic conversation but like yeah I, I feel like those of y'all who followed that y'all followed that did they not did they follow it was it followed I think a great, great a great way to close it is that what I'm understanding you saying because I don't want nobody to get lost in this because I feel like there's great points that you're making and that can people can get from it um the first is that um, fear is not from God. You can start off there. Step one, realizing that it's not from God. Right. Uh, step two is knowing that um, when you are. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Okay. I'm not fearful of that. <laughs> Stop. Tweety. <laughs> Anyways, knowing that. Uh, knowing that. Um, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, knowing how to how to deal with it. It's gonna show up. Right. I promise you. This is this is a trying time. If people are saying, "Well, I don't have fear over this this COVID thing," I'm well, you posting about it quite a lot for somebody who don't have no fear. Yeah. You know, you, you you're talking a whole lot about it for somebody who's you know not fearful. It's it's a scary thought. Right. Of I don't know what's out there, but. What's the protocol? What's the right thing? What's the wrong thing to right, do? Right. So I ultimately want to stand on the, the other F, faith. Yeah. Faith always over fear. Mm-hmm. Because in faith, I, I, could, I could count on, I can count and depend on the things that he's done for me and the things that he's done in his word. Yeah. I mean, you brought, you brought out the Israelites, God. I, I, want, I want the blood on my, my household. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you, you brought <laughs> several people from, you know, Famine issues, like you know, all the way from uh, what, what's his name? Uh, even when it comes to Jonah, Jonah messing up and being thrown into the to the whale, like you still brought him out. Yeah, there's so many people we can we can touch on in the Word of God toward Joseph. You know, thrown in the whale, thrown in prison. But the purpose is they were brought out, right? So I want to stand on him bringing us out. Yeah, we're not always gonna face yes. the same. Yeah, we're not always gonna face the same situations. We're not always gonna face the same struggles. Right. You know, there's gonna be a day when our kids are gonna be like, "That y'all went through that." Yeah, and we're like, "Yeah, you don't, you don't remember none." No, I don't. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Or they have remnants of that. I don't know. You know, if in 2035 they're doing masks and you know everybody gotta wear bubbles. I don't know. Yeah. But what I do know is that God's, God's on the throne. Right. Not the government. God's on the throne. Right. And everything else under him will have to bow down to him. So I'm going to bow down before there's answers. Right. I don't know. Right. And that's where I stand. It's like, if you ask me about what do you think, I don't know. Yeah. But I know one thing. One thing. I serve God, and I'm going to have faith that he's going to bring us through this situation. So we're going to jump off of that and jump straight into the biznai. Biznai, mind yours, get yours, and purchase from ours. Hello. <laughs> All right, y'all. So in this business conversation today, a conversation came about. Um, a question to us is, should you cash flow um, your business when you're starting? Should you use the money from your job um, and all of those things. And when do you know how to quit your job? When do you know it's time? Um, and all of those things. So real quick, let's go ahead and give you some Hustle Blends history here. All right. So the the idea of Hustle Blends came to us 
2018, probably midway through 2018. And that's when we started drafting all of the plans and things like that of how we wanted to do it. And so with that being said, you know, we had um, our main streams of income, our operating capital. And so we started investing towards, you know, the business and the vision of it. And so some people get caught up in like, okay, do I need to have this grant? Do I need to have this? And some people will straight up tell you, do not, do not absolutely, don't you ever use the money for your family, for your business. Um, I would say that's totally up to you. Um, I don't think that you're going to have like a scarlet letter on you either way, but I would definitely encourage you that, you know, to really count up the cost of how much this business is going to cost. So for us, we have an e-commerce business. So we just had to front up the materials that we were selling. All right. And then pay for the, um, the, the, um, what is it called? The internet platform. The um, website platform. platform. Yeah, we had to pay for that. We paid for our logo. We paid for, you know, some merch. And, we you know, we just paid for all of our our inventory. Um, And so our overhead was not nearly as much as somebody who was going to open up a storefront or is going to go buy buses or is going to go um, buy just different things and, and, you know, all of these marketing materials. We're also in the age of social media where, like, you know, we don't have to go buy billboards, even though it's a really cool thing for those of people who are still doing it. But we didn't necessarily have to go, you know, purchase billboard space or purchase ad space from a telephone book or anything like that in order for people to know we existed. The the process of popping up, popping in and saying, we here, shawty, is still very much so powerful. Perfecting your elevator speech. I know this sounds so like... Yeah, I know this is triggering for Tweety hearing elevator speech. Um, that's neither here nor there. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like perfecting your pitch when you're talking to folks, that still has a lot of power. So when if you are um, thinking about that business, count the cost. You might have to eat sandwiches for a little bit. You might have to be eating on that spaghetti for a day or two longer than you planned on eating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might not have, you know, the extra ends to do the things you want to do but at the same time it's so awesome when you're going out here and you're getting a chance to launch your business the right way this is actually my favorite part of the podcast because i'm so passionate on one teaching that it's possible to um have a business that is thriving not just surviving but thriving um with the right tools with the right ideas with the right um just mental capacity that, that, that you need to get there or mental bandwidth that you'll need to get there, you, you're going to need to fall. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it, but, like, there's some lessons that you can't get from and YouTube. found in the know. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't get from the Google. You know, I said the Google. <laughs> you can't get from Google. These are lessons that you will have to learn through falling. Yeah. Think about the first time you rode a bike. Yeah. What happened? You fell a couple of times. If you if you succeeded the first time, let me know. You some some different in your genetics, but there's there's different things that you have to first you know start off with the little things in the back, little extra wheels, training wheels. Training wheels. Yeah. Then you're gonna have to have that helmet real tight because you're gonna fall and you don't know how it's gonna go down. Uh-huh. Then you're just gonna pick up your pace every day. You're going. Oh man. Let's see if I could go faster. Yeah, but the purpose of it is you're going every day. Exactly. And you don't mind falling. If you can learn how to fall, you will learn how to thrive in your business. Because I, I hate when we try to just do a little bit. Like, oh, man, I'm, I did good. I'm going to stop right there. I did good again. I'm going to stop right there. 
But what I learned through our business is that I like I've learned that your brand story matters more than anything else. And don't assume that everybody knows your brand story. I think that's something that's happening a whole lot here is that sometimes people will go and they will, you know, make sure they get all of their things to cross their T's and dot their I's. But in that same light, you know, they you're assuming that people know what your your reason is, what your why is behind your business. Um, if you notice a lot of business owners, when they lead with their pitch, they will tell people what they do to assist other people. Hi, my name is Patrice Anguini of the Faith Boss brand, and I assist um, uh, faith-based uh, startups um, and organizations to not compromise in their faith, but also build with um, strategic, you know, moves and things like that. Like I offer strategy to grow your business and so that you can see the profit without having to overdo, you know, do the most. Like I am so big on automation. I'm so big on prioritization. I'm so big on like, look, you really don't got to be doing all of that. Like set your boundaries and the money is going to be made. Money is not hard to find um, and money is not hard to make and but it is hard to keep for some reason <laughs> yeah it finds a way to go out yeah. but you can always invest uh invest back your money that you make in your business but what i mean by brand story is that can you talk to me about your business for an hour mm-hmm. can you can we sit down during dinner yeah. and lunch and you talk to me about your business for an hour i don't need to see the whole shebang your business plan you mapped out powerpoint slide that you finna just tell me is about to be the next best thing talk to me about your business for an hour let me look at you let me look at let me look into your eyes and see if you're really serious mm-hmm. you know people can't do that is it, is it a business or is it an idea uh sometimes it's not even an idea sometimes it's a thought yeah <laughs> What's the difference between a thought and an idea? A thought is like, for me, uh, when I think of a thought, it's so like leafy. Like it's like up there in your mind. It it flows and it keeps turning into different things day by night. Like it's just every day is shifting, shifting, shifting. Like I'm like, at this point, these thoughts are too much. Mm -hmm. You can't get to the idea. An idea is pinpointed. Mm -hmm. It's I've, I've messed around with my thoughts I've come up with an idea. This idea is going to come into a plan. The plan is going to come into action. The action is going to be a business plan. Business plan is going to be a business. Mm-hmm. But when you're in thought mode, like that's like you haven't even written nothing down. It's a thought. Mm-hmm. So it can come and go. It could be the most genius idea or thought ever. But if it's not written down, like it doesn't become an idea. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying by that. Um, but when we talk about brand story, I want to just hear. I want to believe. Make yeah. me believe right. that this works. Make me believe that you believe. What's your why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. E- even beyond that, because people know their why. No, they don't. Some people, some people, you got to talk to them a little bit more, and then you'd be like, that's your why. Mm. And you're like, really? Yeah, you're right. That is my why. Like, people can get to the why, mm-hmm. but what do you do after that? I got I to my what why. What you're saying is everybody has a why, but they may not know it. Right, but yeah. like after they know it, what do they do? Yeah, but that's from your why is where you built your brand story. Agreed. So um, when we're talking about brand story, I always look at it from like a, a perspective of how in the how in this industry is your brand story going to be different? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure there's a couple out there who does who who uh, has a coffee business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what separates what we do mm-hmm. from what they do? Mm-hmm. How do we serve our customers different from how they serve their customers? So, like, being able to, like, breaking it down to a very uh, 
to a level to where it's understood by a fifth grader, a level to where it's understood by a fourth grader, mm. not overcomplicating the process, not, you know, simplifying what it is you do, why you do it and what makes you keep doing it. Yeah. That's yeah. the brand story. Right. And then after that, you want to start really start believing in it, talking to yourself. Anytime you face a challenge, mm-hmm. don't call it failure. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't. What's the worst thing you could do is put a trailer out there and say there's going to be a movie and the movie never come out. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, people are going to be mad. I really was interested in seeing this movie. but I bought the tickets. I bought the tickets. I was there. I, I took off there. work. I took off work. You know black people don't like to take off work for nothing. So if you got me taking off work to show up at this movie theater and ain't nothing playing, I'm going to have some words. So hypothetically, that, that we're talking about your business. Mm-hmm. You have set... How, how have you primed this customer? Yeah. You know, like marinated, you know, exactly what you do and how you're about to do it mm-hmm. before you... You launch. I think one mi- huge misconception is that you need new things in order to come back out to your audience. So, so right. you know, here I was um, three, four years ago. I brought out one product, and then you know, maybe I sat down for a second. But now I'm back, and now I'm like, I gotta come at y'all with some new stuff because yeah, that's what y'all want, right? No, who said they want that? Who who said they want that? Who said that maybe you even didn't leave them on red with the first thing you gave them? You know, let's talk about the first. You don't have to create a new thing in order for that thing that you're already doing to be a great thing. You don't ever have to do that. And that's a that's a lesson we learned. Yeah. That, that I'm, I'm all, we can only speak from experience that you know sometimes you what you think your audience needs is not it. Your audience is going to let you know exactly what works and what doesn't. You don't need to be the person to decide that. Your ideas are great. That's awesome. What you think the, the audience is going gonna, is gonna to jump to is going to be it. But how many songwriters, how many, song, how many artists will say, I was simply having fun in the booth. Yeah. This was not supposed to be a serious song. I actually hate the song. Yeah. But this is what they love. It's the same thing in business. Let your audience dictate what your products are going to be. Test it out with your audience to see. Right, because your favorite is not their favorite. I can assure you that. It don't matter how you position it or anything. Somebody else might be like, oh, I like this one right here. I mean, I'm glad that that's the customer favorite or the bestseller, but I want this one right here. Right, so um, I just want to encourage you, and we want to encourage you that as you're building, build from a place of consistency patience and a vision okay where am i going with this it has to be simple well the reason why i'm saying it's simple is that apple is not changing anything they do for you not for you they're gonna go and do a survey on a million people and say a million people love our products the way they are they just want a couple of features all right we're gonna work on accessories Apple's not going to work on nothing else. We're going to work on accessories. Oh, they like the bigger screen. We're going to get a bigger screen. They like this. Find out what your customer likes. And if you don't have customers, create stuff to find out what your customer likes. If it's not presented in front of them, people are guessing, what what do you actually do? What what, what do you sell? What is your business? What what, what am I here for? You're prepping me, but what are we being prepped for? Where are we going going with this? 
So you got to be able, because in it, you'll see the transparency of the customer of like, I want to buy from you. But people do not buy products. People do not buy products. They buy the story. People buy the story. People buy the why. People buy the, oh my gosh, me too. People buy the relatability. And so when you lead with that transparency, and nobody's saying that you have to tell all your good nuggets, all your good business, all your, you know, why you and your baby daddy was fist fighting at the last (laughs) vendor event. Nobody has to know all of that. But the thing is, you never know what your touch point is going to be with your audience. Women buy off of pure impulse women are very emotional women need a connection and um just a connection ain't got to be very deep ain't got to be very this that but a connection and it's like okay i'll buy that i want to see myself in that or you know anything else what you come across is you come across two different types of customers you have the customer that's like i just want to (laughs) support i just want to support you. you know what i'm saying and they pull up they check out they you know buy your items and they will never use it okay. your your items will remain idle on somebody's granny shelf collecting dust because they just wanted to support you got the money out of it but you did not gain retention let's talk about gaining retention teach these people if you release the book teach the people how to use the book if you release the a, ma- a face mask or something Every time you do a video or something like that, yo, show them how about this face mask. Show them the before and after. Show them customer um, customer reviews. Show them what you how you make it. Show them how you bottle it. And people are so intrigued with everything that is not just the finished product. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think where people get it confused is that they have to go and make the Coca Cola product in secrecy and then come back and be like, I made Coca Cola. Buy it. Mm-hmm. No, that worked for Coca-Cola because there was no Coca-Cola before that. Right, right. It was scarcity. It was there. It was scarce. Mm-hmm. But now in, in in the in the social media world of business or how you're promoting your business, people want to see like look at some of those reels where people are like you know support support create create all that mm-hmm. and it's showing how they're making their products. How you know they may not show you every single detail, but they're showing you, I'm in the lab. Yeah, and you will get your product today. Mm-hmm. I have my products. I have my store. Mm -hmm. This is where you buy it from. This is what I do. And this is why I do it. And you're going to see the consistency of how they're, you know, showcasing this to the world. And it's going to bring about your want to support them. Like, man, this girl really out here doing what she, you know, doing what I aspire to do or doing what, you know, the kind of business I would buy from. Mm -hmm. So when you see that, you're like, I don't only want to support like you got me. Mm-hmm. So that when we talk about the customer retention, it's everything that has to do with communication. Mm-hmm. You know, did the invoice get on, get there on time? Yeah. You know, did the, the, the package get there on time? Did you, yeah. if you made a mistake, did you apologize and, and throw in something? Yeah. You know, uh, what, what are you doing to separate yourself from the normal? Because mm-hmm. sometimes we want to clap for the normal. Mm-hmm. We want to be praised for the normal. You did what you were supposed to do. Showing people how to get to your website is not supposed to be a hand clap. Mm-hmm. That, that is just a normal thing people do. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go above and beyond, be like, man, I got a QR code inside of the, you know, the packaging. And I, 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 I have, uh, you know, the customer's name somewhere in that packaging to make them, you know, have that emotional pull on it. You know, it's kind of like Starbucks. Why do they write their name on your, your, your cup? 
It's so that they can make that touch point. That's a connection. And when you hear your name, you're more liable or you're more you're more apt to even like buy again. Like when I go in here, I'm gonna hear Tweety. And let me let me make up a name in front of my friends. It's gonna be funny. Starbucks wins because of, and I know this is so controversial. Hustle Blends is talking about Starbucks. Oh my gosh, right about it. No, no, we 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 mess with Starbies. Um, but I say all that Starbucks wins because of customization, and customization wins because if I pulled up to you know in the group chat with a vanilla bean, uh, vanilla bean frap with extra caramel drizzle and thirteen pumps of vanilla this and that and blah 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 blah, and I made my own special cocktail of a coffee mixture and then you said my name there's a feeling of ownership associated with that you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and so with that being said once you've we've talked about brand story we talked about realizing your why and now we're in a place of all right how do I bottle that together and launch you just have to do it. <laughs> There's no other way. Like, because sometimes you get afraid of the fails. Mm-hmm. What if I pull up? I did all that that you said, Tweety, and zero people buy. Mm-hmm. Get to one. Mm-hmm. Just get to one. Because that's progress. That's, that's progress. You have you started from zero and you went to one. You went. You scaled up by 100. percent And so we get we get a, a real a little bit emotional because we're like, man, but that's my mama that bought. It don't matter. It don't Somebody bought. Everybody, mama, not buying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah. Shots. Uh, anyways, uh, but what <laughs> what you learn from that is that you when you go from one, you'll get to five. You know, there was one time I was like, man, like yo, it's everybody that we don't know that's up in this piece. Then it went backwards. It went from like everybody that we don't know to everybody we do know to everybody mm-hmm. to where I don't even know where this. I've never been to this state. I've never been to this city. Yeah, I've, coffee but my coffee has got there. So the joy of that is that the word will get around. But the, the more you sit back on the very thing that you're supposed to do and the more you analyze instead of implement You'll just get stuck watching as things pass you by, as people are ra- running their race and doing what they're need- needing to do. You'll just be stuck. And see, this is why they say, no, and this is not why they say, this is why it's true, that regret is worse than failure. If you have something that you're sitting on and you're waiting for the perfect time or you're waiting for the perfect moment or you're waiting for the perfect this or that, just get out there and do it. You can recover from a mistake. I don't think you rec- you can recover from regret. Well, you can recover from regret, but a mistake is so much more recoverable than never doing it. You know what I'm saying? Get out there and do it. Get out there and just 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 fall and get up. Because I bet you next time you you happen to come across that same pothole on your on your stride, you'll be able to miss it. You'll be able to walk a little stronger, walk a little bolder, walk with your head up. Business is hard, man. Like. <laughs> It's hard. And, and to, to know that we're not even, like, to the point where um, we have, like, quit, 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 quit our jobs. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, we have, we, we're still very much so full-time employed and full-time business. 
We we are. We're still very much in that point, and it's show them what what, what you're seeing right now. Tweety is pointing to the sky. I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm just describing the illustration that I see. But we're not there yet. You know what I'm saying? We're not to oh, the. But it is. But 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 it's look look now. It's it's yeah. It's getting a little crazy around here. Cause yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. So when is the right time to quit? That's what some, you just started, right? You started. Why? Why are you quitting? And you started, right? Like last time I checked, I didn't enter kindergarten, and then I said I'm done with school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have there's levels, but there's also different situations. Absolutely different situations, but even still, you have to get the understanding. You have to go get the knowledge of what you're doing. So. The number one thing is how much are you bringing in with your business? Next thing is, all right, what's supplementing what's going to be lost somewhere else? And then how is your business going to be able to pay you? Can your business pay you? Yo, I remember the first feeling we ever had when we were able to pay a bill with Hustle Blends. Like like a bill, a, <laughs> and that was such a phenomenal feeling because like man, sweetie, like had we never pursued this, this would have never happened, you know. Like getting little 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 nuances like that are so moving, and it re- makes you really realize that you're able to do this, do this. Um, I do believe that there may be um, a remnant of people out there who are called to just leave. Um, because I don't know what God told you. I wasn't, I was not in the conference room when he sat up there and told you whatever, but there may be some people out there who were told to, Hey, look, put your bags down, walk out and trust me. There may be people out there like that. But then I also believe that God gives a lot of us nudges that, Hey, it's some things popping off around here that if you don't trust me, you're going to be the one that gets the pop off on, you know what I'm saying? As far as in the workplace. Um, and also you don't have to hate your job to start your business. <laughs> you don't have to have a beef with your job. I, I complain a lot about my job and it's not about nothing that I'm doing. Um, it's purely about just the little nuances that I just am not a fan of as far as like, listen, meetings can be emails. And I stand by that. (laughs) But I say all that to say there are people out there who are called to continue working until the work that they're doing when they get home supersedes the work that they're doing when they clock in in the morning or at night. And that, to me, in, in our position, makes a little bit more sense for our transition out because we both are planning to be out. We're both planning to go in full time. I think what I remind myself is that I tell myself, not only are we going to do it, it shall happen. Yeah. And I have a, we have a game plan. We have a systematic way of how things are going to happen, no matter what. Because I believe that God also gives you with, leaves you with a manual. God never just leave you and be like, all right, figure it out. If, if you got a talent, he'll leave you with the talent. Yeah. You got the gift. Joseph is in the jail, yeah. but he has a gift. And the gift make room for him. You know, uh, so how are you allowing your gifts to make room for you? How are you allowing the things that God has already deposited inside of you to make that room for increase? Because you may go from working in a nine to five to working at 24 seven because that's what business is. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get into business because you don't want to work. 
And a lot of people look at business because it's sexy. Yeah. Like I, I get, I get yes, to, I yeah, I, I can, I can, I get to make my own schedule. Yeah. I get to wake up when I want to know. <laughs> if the order came in, the order gotta come out. Mm-hmm. If you get five hundred orders, five hundred orders gotta be fulfilled. And so, you are going to have to work harder in your business than you are going to be doing your nine to five. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we are we are told of so many success stories. And so many cappers, I, I want to just call them that, <laughs> to where you you start to really believe, maybe I really got a business. Let's revisit what business means. Mm-hmm. means that you have something that's functionable, it brings in income, mm-hmm. and it has a stated thing that you do, mm-hmm. providing a service, mm-hmm. providing a product, and you're doing it consistently to where it makes sense to quit. Right. So I, I will never tell anybody, yo, do what you know do this do that no what did god tell you to do yeah what did god tell you let him heard that work for somebody right let him hold you accountable not that video you saw Mm -hmm. not that person who succeeded Mm -hmm. maybe your story is gonna be different maybe you will end up in the same way maybe you invest in enough uh (laughs) investments in order to do whatever you need to do but what i do know when it comes to business when it comes to what god has called us to do in hustle blends is that that day it's not going to need to be an announcement it's not going to need to be a a hoop hoopla about it because you already we already know where the destination is it's happening Mm -hmm. it's going to happen it's just a matter of when Mm -hmm. how and how did the chips fall and how prepared are we for that kind of move so in your business are you prepared to make that move are you prepared to look at your finances your personal one and be able to pay yourself pay the business or or have money left over for the business and still thrive Mm -hmm. Once you're able to do those things, I promise you, it's not as hard as it looks. It's just a matter of looking at, you know, creating that plan and just doing it. All right, we talked enough about business. We're going to jump straight into relationship talk. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about it. All right, so Sweetie and I were talking a little bit earlier um, just about what it actually takes to maintain the attraction in your relationship. All right. How do you know that, you know, I tend to ask because I'm just a woman and I just be like, do you still like me? Um, but (laughs) you know, I tend to just like to know what my husband likes about me. Like, I I just want to know that. Like, do you like me with this? Do you like me with that? And there's so many things that I just do because I like to do it. Um, but because you're the main one looking at me, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to see what that be like, you know? So, um, we were pretty much talking about what it looks, feels, and sounds like when one of the other person has let themselves go. Um, this is a conversation we had actually, um, in our very first podcast It's called sorry for the wait. If y'all are starting from number one, that was an amazing podcast episode. Um, but pretty much, you know, we tend, we talked about how, um, the woman is always, it's always quicker to, it's always, you're always noticed that the woman has quote unquote, let herself go. First of all, we had to even define, what does let yourself go mean does it mean you gained weight because that's always the first thing i think about did you gain weight did you you know did you do this did you do that you know are you just sloppy with it like when you say let yourself go your mind kind of goes in so many different places but it's always associated with the woman it's always associated with the woman the girlfriend the wife whomever very rarely do we call men out on letting themselves go and what does that mean it means you lost your sauce player 
You know, what I mean by that is like, man, I used to smell good all the time. Now I'm funky with it. What's going on, man? Or I used to, you know, do this kind of maintenance on myself. You know, some men, you know, it could have been shopping for themselves. It could have been shoes. It could have been, you know, uh, socks. I don't know. Whatever their thing was. Everybody has their thing. And so it's not just that that thing is gone. It's that I can visibly see that you are not doing any of that. And you are avoiding to do that. It's not that you can't do it, but you're avoiding to do that. So how do you bring that up? So so at some point in our marriage, I am sure I am positive. I know when, but I want to know what, if you recognize that I let myself go. Um, I think when we got married that that second year. Yeah. Um, you started just, you know, kind of being like, I am what I am. Here I go. Here I go. But it was much less acceptance and much more comfort. Right. It was we we both fell in a very comfortable place of not holding each other accountable. Yeah. Um, so it's like there's nothing wrong with me being like, I right, I'm pick babe, we're going on that walk. Yeah. Cause I want to see you around for the next 30 years. Yeah. I, I, I want to see you be healthy. I want to see you be um, in, a, in, a, in a space to where you feel good about yourself. Okay, so, so hold that thought because, again, it gets associated to weight, which in our situation, that's what it was. But I'm saying letting yourself go is not always you gained weight. You know? it, it could be man like you know you look tired you you're exhausted it could it could be man you don't even have conversations the way you used to you're not happy you're not smiling often like it could it could just be like you are just moody yeah you know like i'm not if you've always been a chipper person and now you're just all down and out like oh whoa what's going on you, you know, it's not necessarily you left yourself, you let yourself go because it could be offensive to somebody when you say that. Like, I think you let yourself go, man or woman. Nobody going to take that and run with it. I, I highly suggest you don't go to your partner or your, your girlfriend, boyfriend, your your husband or wife and say, hey, you let yourself go, man. You let yourself go. No. But having those real conversations and we've had to have those on both ends. So my so my question is this: If when and by the time it comes to, yo, I Tweety, you you didn't let yourself go. I've been with you from the time that you was letting your keeping yourself up all through the going of letting yourself go, and so I finally arrive at this place where I don't I no longer like the vibes you're giving or how you smell or how you how you looking, how you walking, how you talking and I finally say something about it. And then what it feels like is I'm putting so much of that responsibility of how I feel about you on you and not knowing what you are dealing with or feeling. Uh, sometimes it could be because of depression. Yeah. Sometimes it could be because of anxiety. Sometimes it could be because um you're in that place of not understanding how you feel so you put on how you feel you know we talked about it earlier um before the podcast that you dress how you feel that you know the 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 more comfort you have in not being able to address an issue the more it might be seen on you and the things that say that again that was really good say that again i forgot what i said the more comfort you have in not addressing what's bothering you is often seen on you yeah so the the so if you're looking good you're free 
Well, so, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but w- what I mean is that there is a there is a a a there is a um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? There is a tie between uh, looking good and feeling good and doing good. Like there's a connector right there in those three things. Right. And so what I didn't realize, like I'll bring I'll bring myself to the to the table, is that when you do cheap things, mm. you get cheap results. Mm. When you do shortcuts, you get shortcut results. You know, like. Um, and you know, I, I, when I was growing up, like we were always thrifters, like, you know, my, me and my dad, we would go find little stuff and there was some, some stuff we found that was, some stuff. that was great, yes. <laughs> but there's also some stuff that should have been thrown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you bring that into a marriage and it's kind of like, this is your normal, but it's like, you know, after the first year, you're like. All right, Tweety, that's cool for now, but like we don't need to change that wardrobe. That ain't it. But at that time, I'm not feeling it because I'm like, what you talking about? This fire. But you come to that realization, the more you're like, nah, you know what? New is better. So as you progress in a relationship, the attraction does change. And I think it's unfair to to want somebody to be the same way they were when you met them. You know, I think that sometimes that's what creates a lot of confusion. It's like, man, like, you don't want me like this. You must want me like you wanted me 10 years ago. You must want me 100 pounds lighter. You must want me like this. And so what what people get confused about is they start to regress um, instead of progressing and, you know, being the, the new and improved them. Um, I, I can admit, like, in 2018, that's our second year of our marriage, I think I fell out of complete love with myself. I actually don't think I had ever experienced loving myself. Um, the the way I know it to be now and so you know we had miscarried the year before so I was carrying a lot of that whatever that was with me I don't know if it was guilt I don't know if it was shame I don't know if it was depression it was probably a combination of all of it and I felt like it just was haunting me all the time every conversation I had every place I went every person who asked me when we were getting pregnant next it was hard um and so on top of that I started a brand new job uh, this was my first year teaching and if you have ever if you are a first have ever been a first year teacher that man man that's that's some crazy stuff um or your first year doing anything new can be really hard so i think i was just really big on like let me just throw on some clothes and let's go like we got to go here we got to go there we were going there were some times we would like leave the house at six in the morning wouldn't get back home until like 11 p.m at night you know we were involved in ministry we were going here and there and everywhere and it just felt like i was depreciating but i did not know that i was and i did not know that like I knew I wasn't attracted to me at that point either. I just was going and, and surely under the confidence of like, man, like my husband knows me, like he know me, you know, like I'm still here, but I I guess I don't even know if I started with a question, but I do think I'm going to end with one. Um, how do you share with someone that maybe you are no longer feeling attracted to them or, or was, or was it for you in this case, were you unattracted to me during that time? It wasn't that I was unattracted, but I had some, I had seen some warning signs of 
letting go mm-hmm. and letting go not for the better of yourself. Like it was like, this is not good for your health. Mm-hmm. This is not good for how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we bring in things that we already came in with. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a new thing. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. I think it was a mixture of, you know, uh, things that you had brought in to the marriage along with the stuff that happens in the marriage. So sometimes we don't know how to like, you know, close these wounds and we bring them in and it's like, I didn't know that side of you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could feel like this. I didn't know you could look like that. And like, for me, it was never that for me. It was just a, I have to say something. And it took me a minute to get there because you don't see it happening. Sometimes it just happens right? and you get to that place of like, speak up, say something. And once that conversation happened, it was like, man, a weight had been lifted off because I just can't not say nothing. Okay. So, so the letting go happens, but then what happens to repair the acknowledgement of the letting go? It's conversations. And then how do we get past that? Mm -hmm. Like, Hey babe, look, Let's go walking Mm -hmm. because I want to see you around for the next 20 years. I realize that I have unhealthy habits that you allow to happen and vice versa. Mm -hmm. How do we address this and how do we we move forward? Mm -hmm. For me, it's fashion, it's dressing, it's thinking I got something right on and it's definitely not. And getting to the end of me and saying, hey, babe, I really do trust your opinion. I really do trust your eye. You let me know before I step out this house, because I'm next to you, mm-hmm. of how I look. Mm-hmm. The person next to you should be the one to correct you, mm-hmm. the one to hold you accountable, the one to have those difficult conversations, not somebody from the outside, necessarily. So I would also even encourage people who are in marriages, relationships, whatever, um, that if your partner is also putting in the work and the effort to 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 find that self-love, that peace, that confidence, all of those things that we all need to thrive and, and feel like somebody, um, that you cheer them on while they're in the progress of doing that as well. Like, don't just acknowledge the letting go of the letting go. Acknowledge the building up as well. Like, like as much as we talk about who let themselves go, let's talk about who built themselves back up, you know? But guess what? You know, what I loved about last year is that what you didn't realize that everything that you did and I did rubbed off of each other. So like I was on the whole vegetarian kick and whatnot. And I believe that some of my stuff rubbed off on you and you're like, man, discipline. All right. Discipline's a thing. Maybe I need to, you know, straighten up. Wait, 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 wait. What? We got to tell the story the right way. I started. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about vegetarian. I was very specific. I was coming to your corner. Please don't do this. I wasn't worried about you eating your meat, your your bread. I'm coming to your corner. Can can I can I finish my thought? I'm not worried about you. Can I finish my thought? You were trying to come with main character energy, and it's it's not. I'm not here for that. Can I finish my thought? You I rubbed off. See what Tweety? You were eating bread and cheese. Can I finish my thought? Okay, go ahead. My thought was not about what I was doing right, wrong in it. What My thought was about what I was doing right in it, okay. which was creating consistency. Like, mm-hmm. I may not know what I'm doing in this area of, you know, food, diet, or whatever, but I am consistent. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that consistency can rub off. Okay. When you see consistency long enough, it don't matter what they're doing. Yeah. If it's heading in the right direction, you'd be like, man, if you just do this... You'll be good. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I was going to come down your alley. I don't know why you need to do need. Anyways, mm-hmm. 
I was saying, like, once you started doing Planet Fitness, I was like, man, like, yo, I, I got, let, can I come? Orange Theory. Orange, or, yeah, not Planet Fitness, Orange Theory, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, can I come? And, I, and you know, like, it rubs off. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, like, the person who's next to you is going to get a benefit to it. True that. You know, yeah. if you get your, it, it, once we got our finances right together in our personal life, it rubbed off in your business life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, being able to have that mentality of, like, yo, I want to see you not only be great, but this is going to help us. Like, what you do helps us. What right. you do right is going to help us. What you do wrong is going to hurt us, too. Right. Because nobody wants to see their part, the, the person they're with suffer. Yeah. You know, that's the ultimate thing. Like, I don't want to see my wife suffer. I don't want her to be going through this. But anytime you do something great, I am going to be your biggest cheerleader. Absolutely. And I've always been. Always. And if you're doing something that I'm like, man, I, I need you to hold you to hold you accountable. I also be there to be the first one. Mm-hmm. So it's not like what well, I heard from somebody else. For I heard from you. It's like, no, you heard it here first. Live. Mm-hmm. Let's get some straightening. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 do this together because I love you. It's always gonna come out of love. It's not gonna come from a place of putting you down while you down. Mm-hmm. It's gonna come from a place like we can get to that destination together. So the the reason why I brought up those two things, like it was even synonymous in our books. We was both in there typing and creating the books together and watching TV as we were creating the books. It rubs off. Yeah, it does. When you have harmonious agreement. Yeah. And so in anything that you do, whether you're married, whether you have friends, like surround yourself with people who are going to cheer you on as you do it. Man. Celebrate like it is theirs, you know. Wins, be there for it. Losses, be there for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think that spec that spectator mentality kind of ruins the <laughs> it ruins the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no, we all need to be found with our shovels digging. Yes. So that when we get to the end yeah, of it, given moment. when we get to the end of it, it's like, man, I saw you get through that. Mm-hmm. I saw you get it out the mud. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate saying that because it's, I saw I saw you really go get it. I saw you really do the things that were necessary to bring you out. So now I can see your testimony. Right. But if you never picked up your shovel and you talked to me about like your woes, I'm like, what woes? Right. right. <laughs> what struggle? Mm-hmm. Like, when you pick up the shovel, you'll see that the, the, this is a heavy shovel. So, uh, in in marriage, I believe that the best thing that you could do is learn how to get on that bike together. You know that that four people, four person bike, or, or two person bike, mm-hmm. to where it's like you know everybody has to be in sync in order for. You too, as a you, you as a couple, to get to that destination, and the ultimate victory in that is that God rejoices seeing that, God rewards seeing that because at that point, He can know how to multiply you in that. That your kids will learn how to do the same thing, and the people around you will know how to do the same thing, and then there's just joy and an abundance of joy and understanding in it. Alrighty, y'all. So let's just go ahead and close up this relationship conversation. Um, I just want to go ahead and say, yo, for anybody out there who has gone through just anything that um, has shifted their life, shifted their perspective, shifted how they see and view and smell and taste things, um, and you're working on discovering the the newer person you are in that season, um, to just keep going, 
and to show a little extra love to yourself. You're trying some new things that you've never tried before. You're doing some things you've never done before. You're you're experiencing things from a new lens. And I think that person that you are in that season needs a little bit more love and a little less criticism. Um, you can always tell. Um, my, my new rule of thumb is whenever somebody is highly critical of other people, they are extremely critical to themselves. And because you cannot find any happiness or wholeness in yourself, you have to find something wrong with someone else. And I, I, I really want to retire a lot of us, including myself from that, you know, to where we're just completely whole in who we are. And we're walking boldly in who we are. We're walking with our head up. So, and we need more of that. So, Let's letting ourselves go and let's build an, and more building ourselves up, right? All right, so let's go ahead and add some tax, y'all. All right, so we thank you so much for checking out Million Dollar Conversations podcast. You're now at the POS system. We have rung all of your items up, and now we have arrived at the fact that you did not just. You know, we're, we're not billing you for all of the, the things that you thought you could get. One day we're going to have a tax-free weekend on this podcast, but that day is not today. All right? We're just going to add a little something more than what you came here for. We're going to add a little wisdom, a little free game, a little love, a little something we just came up on this week. And so I'm going to go ahead and start. And mine is actually a question. It is not a, a statement. And it is when you um, feel yourself changing, or you feel yourself learning something new, I want you to ask yourself, do you believe, and there's no wrong answer, that it has added another layer to you, or do you believe it is actually chiseled away at the layer that you presently had in revealing something that was underneath? That's my question for you. Go ahead, sweetie. Here being the bad cop once again. Uh... I found myself being lazy a lot of times. And in my laziness, I had so many excuses of why I deserve to be lazy. And I challenge you to do things without excuses the first time and see what happens. Oh, that's good, sweetie. The first time. Like, before we get to the butt. You see my story. You see my struggle. You see what I'm going through. I challenge you to just do it the first time and see what happens. Do it without excuses. What happens is that the excuses give you a validity of why you can stay in your comfort. And great things, most of the times, come from uncomfortable places. And sometimes we don't want to be uncomfortable in our situation of learning a new thing. So, therefore, we get stuck with what we know instead of learning new things to apply to grow. So, um, challenge you. Just if you, if you see and you know, you, only you know what lazy is to you. But address it. That's all I got. It's, it's with love. We thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of Million Dollar Conversations. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and visit us at www.hustleblendswithaz.com. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. I think we did pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was all that touching. You got me going now. Oh, okay. Well, um, what's I, the name I, of the I podcast? Have, I can't have some. It's your last day. Sweetie, I'm exhausted. Well, he's out.
Okay. I need to hurry up and get to sleep. 